0: Um, The reading is from uh, the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verses 15 to 20 and 23b. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Right. Hello again. <laughs> um, so, and as Anita said, I'm Cathy. I'm training for ordination, which is the dog collar thing, um, over at Trinity College in uh, North Bristol. Um, I moved here uh, last summer. Um, I'm currently on maternity leave because three days after I. Uh, moved. My little baby son decided, I really want to see this new house, so he came. <laughs> um, and if you still can't place me, and you think, oh, she's familiar, it's because I'm married to Aidan, who's the curate. Which one's Aidan? He's the very tall, handsome one with curly hair. So there we go. Um, Last week Paul uh, preached and he said that this particular series uh, is just as important as the prayer one and I just really want to reiterate that it is just as important. Now I know there may be some worry amongst some of us that the church is just jumping on a bandwagon about this creation care thing we're just following the way of the world and in some ways you're kind of right because actually we're really late at waking up to this issue but that doesn't mean that it's not important to God um, and that it's not something that the church should be involved in. I also want to say that today's not going to be focusing so much on the how we care for creation Um, that's going to be covered in subsequent weeks. This is more building on what Paul talked about last week about the why and the is it actually important. To begin with, I'm going to read a few references from the Bible about how God feels about creation, because I want to let scripture speak for itself. I want to reiterate as well that this creation care stuff, it's not just been invented by a few people with a political agenda. It's actually deeply, deeply theological or God-centric. For us to have a heart like God, we need to know what he thinks. And the Bible's a pretty good place to start to unpack that. Do we agree? Amen. Woohoo! Pentecostal. So if you're hard of hearing, I'm going to have these verses up on the screen. But otherwise, if you would like to close your eyes, please, um, and concentrate on what I'm saying. And I'm just going to lead us into a place where we're ready to maybe uh, accept that. So if you close your eyes, take a deep breath in and out and in and out and in and out. And And if you just let your breathing fall to its natural rhythm with your eyes still closed Lord, would you reveal yourself and your heart to us now? Psalm 145, verses 9 to 10. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Isaiah 51, 3 The Lord will surely comfort Zion and will look with compassion on all her ruins. He will make her deserts like Eden, her wastelands like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her. Thanksgiving and the sound of singing. Psalm 147 verse 4. He determines the number of the stars and he calls them each by name. Verses 8 to 9, he covers the sky with clouds. He supplies the earth with rain and makes grass grow on the hills. He provides food for the cattle and for the young ravens when they call. Acts 3, 21, heaven must receive him, that is Jesus, until the time comes for God to restore everything, as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. Colossians one19 19 19-20 For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. This is the gospel that you heard, and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Amen. I mean, in light of just those verses alone, how can we not love creation? Because God clearly does. The more we spend time with God, the more we become like God. The more we become like God, the more we care about the things that he cares about. So we know that God cares about creation. And he wants to reconcile, which is just a fancy way of saying make good relationship with uh, creation as well as people. I think one really obvious fingerprint that God has left on our hearts uh, to show this is that if you see or hear an animal being hurt, whether that's in real life or on TV or it's being exploited, it often creates this visceral response. It makes you wince, you know, when you hear a puppy that's just been, like, stepped on by accident. It's, it's horrible. And I think it's uh, one of the ways that God shows us that he wants us to take care of the most vulnerable, not just people, but all of his creation. Where does the church fit into this, though? So that course that I'm studying, it's called Theology, Ministry and Mission. Now, when you hear the word mission, what do you think of? Might be missionaries uh, going to proclaim the gospel in far off places or or maybe in the centre of Bristol. Or maybe it's Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. Bishop Graham Cray summarises God's mission as the restoration of all things, the establishment of shalom, which is peace the renewal of creation and the coming of the kingdom, as well as the redemption of fallen humanity and the building of the church. Now, the Anglican communion summarizes the way the church can be a part of God's mission uh, in five ways, called the five marks of mission. And I've got a nice easy way to remember it with the five T's. Can you see the five cups of tea? I had to explain this to the, uh, the other morning congregation, and I think my explanation was probably funnier than the actual picture, um, but I like it. Anyway, so it's the five There is tell, tell others about Jesus and the good news of the kingdom. Teach, teach, baptise and nurture believers. Tend, look after others with loving care and service. transform to transform unjust structures of society, to challenge violence of every kind and pursue peace and reconciliation. And then finally, we have treasure. To strive to safeguard the integrity of creation and sustain and renew the life of the earth. So if you all put your fists up in the air and then put up your fingers. Tell, teach, tend, transform treasure. Say it back with me. Tell, teach, tend, transform, treasure. I'll quiz you on it next week. <laughs> now, it's important to mention that uh, these are not necessarily ranked in a particular order of importance. So you can't just uh, do away with number four and five just because they're hard or they're not overtly um preaching the gospel out loud Um, and also it's not just for people who are paid to work at churches this is for every believer whether you count yourself as Anglican or not they're just a really good way of getting the bigger picture of salvation and of God's mission they go beyond me they go beyond you they go beyond us Down End Bristol the UK and they help us to widen, not just caring for all people, but all living things, including animals, plants, and the planet. And if we look back at that Colossians passage, if you have a Bible with you, then feel free to open it now. Um, We can see that Paul, the apostle, obviously not Paul Peterson, um, is getting the Colossians and us to look at the bigger picture. Jesus is not just the creator and head of the church and human beings, but of the world, the universe, all matter, and all creation. For too long, humans have been so me-focused, so progress-focused for the sake of progress and humanity, um, and we've done things like the Industrial Revolution, we've often neglected to think of the big picture of creation – According to what Paul says in Romans, all of creation is desperate for Jesus. In the same way that many of us today hope and long for Jesus' return to come and sort out the suffering, the pain, the injustice, creation does too. In Romans 8.22-23, it says, We know that the whole of creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time not only so but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship the redemption of our bodies but why does this matter if we're going to get a new heaven and a new earth What's the point in reducing my meat consumption, reusing more, buying less, using less petrol, not flying all the time, when the earth is just pretty ruined, almost to the point of no return. But it doesn't matter, because Jesus is gonna fix it anyway, right? Well, not quite. The theologian Richard Borkham says, salvation is both restorative, so it repairs the damage done by sin, and progressive moving the work towards completion so in the same way that we wouldn't want to just stay as we are deliberately hurting God and others and ourselves we need to do the same for our planet there is a tension between the now and the not yet In the Lord's prayer, we pray for our daily bread, don't we? Our daily bread. But we also pray for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray for that to be happening now, today, as well as in the future. Looking back at Romans um, 8, 19-21, For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed for the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. It wasn't God who subjected creation to pain and destruction, but humans this uh, chapter, this verse, is really heavily connected to Genesis 3, where Adam and Eve and the snake are all hearing about the consequences of uh, their sin, of what they've done. Now, whether you think that Adam uh, was a real person, or that Genesis um, was a step-by-step account, or if it was all just a poem or something in between, it doesn't matter. The point is that it shows there are consequences to our sin, and those don't just implicate human beings, but all of creation. Every animal, every plant, the whole earth. But as we also see, there is hope. Creation waits in hope that we will live out our status as children of God, loving each other and loving the planet. Christ is reconciling, not just with us, but with all of creation, the creation he lovingly created. Back to Colossians. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. This is the gospel that you have heard and has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Do you believe that? Do you believe that the God who loves you and me so much that he was willing to die on the cross and have his blood shed also did so for all of creation? Because Paul clearly did. Many saints through the ages also did, like Francis of Assisi, Gertrude of Nivelle, Basil the Great, Saint Cuthbert, and many, many more. I'm coming to a close, but I just wanna summarize. The theological or Christian nature of caring for creation, it's not made up by a few people with an agenda. It is deeply theological. It is something that is so strongly on God's heart and it's something he wants to share with us. He wants us to join in with it. When hope seems lost, as Christians we know there is a big picture. God will and is reconciling all things. His spirit is prompting us. His spirit lives in us and is stirring us to action. Caring for creation is as much each one of us here's mission as telling people the good news of Jesus and caring for the poor. He wants us to treasure his earth. Why? Because he's inviting us to join in with his mission, to love the things that he loves, not just the things or the people that we love. Amen? Let's pray. Lord God, we're so sorry for being so introspective when it comes to salvation. Help us to love you and every living creature and part of creation the way you do. Break our hearts for what breaks yours. And give us hope to continue to restoring this planet to the way you entrusted it to us. In Jesus' precious name, Amen.